Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Isn't the Lord good? Hallelujah. Well, what you heard uh, Cheryl speak out was what the Bible calls prophecy. And uh, I know some of you may not have heard that, so we'll work on that mechanism and make sure the person, because you're going to get some things in the congregation that the Lord wants to bring forth, and that's going to increase. And so uh, we'll find a way to get the handheld to those that speak so everybody can be a recipient of what God's saying. Amen. Amen. So thank you for being obedient, Cheryl. Hallelujah. It's good to see that you're yielded and open for the Lord to use you. Amen. Praise God. You got your Bibles this morning? Have any of you ever desired a a particular food and you don't know why but you just got it you crave it and you you just got to have it it's kind of likened unto a a mother that's carrying uh, a child in what I call the oven and they'll have these strange food cravings I don't know if you've been around a pregnant woman but it's it's fascinating it's fascinating uh, I, I can remember watching my wife with with our last child, and I remembered her going to the refrigerator, opening a bottle of pickles, and just drinking the vinegar out of the bottle. Uh, well, the body is putting a demand on something that it's doing or creating in it, and needs a particular food or mineral or whatever that is and the Lord knows what you and I need and most importantly he sees where he wants to take us and he knows what it what we need to get us there and so I believe that last week's service and this morning's service has to do with the Lord giving us that which we need for him to get us to where he wants us to get. Amen. Uh, He has a way of doing things, and when we follow him, things work out okay. And so we've been talking about you and I being a New Testament worshiper. If you would look up our job description from the Bible, one of those key areas of what our responsibility is is to be a worshiper of God. Being a worshiper of God positions us under Him. And when you're under God, when I'm under God, that means we're submitted to Him and therefore He can begin creating things in our life that He wills and He desires. And so he's got us on this subject matter. And so let's see if we can wrap this up this morning. No promises. Uh, If you got your Bibles this morning, go over to John chapter 4, verse 23. If you missed last week's service, it's available to you on the website, on our YouTube account, and also on our Facebook account. Uh, They're there forever from what I found out a couple of weeks ago. So you can access that. I think it's titled Being a Worshipper. This is the second installment. Going over to John 4.23. We want to say hi to those watching online. Good to have you here this morning. It says something about you. Uh, It says that you're hungry. And uh, Jesus told us if you're hungry, you're going to get fed. 
So hallelujah, you're going to get something today in Jesus' name. Look here in 4.23 of the Gospel of John. He's, he's pointing to the future, which for you and I is right now. He says, the hour cometh and now is. Everybody say, now is. That when true worshipers, what kind of worshipers? True. true worshipers. Well, if there's true worshipers, there has to be false worshipers. Amen? Or why, or why signify that? Just a spoiler alert, uh, you are a true worshiper. Amen. All right. Don't, don't let your mind go off somewhere. And notice it says that we're going to worship the Father. And we're going to do it from our spirit, because worship is spiritual. It's from the heart, for with the heart man believeth. And he's going to do it in truth, and truth obviously is the word of God. Jesus told us that his word is truth. Now, here's the, the thing that's very interesting. It says that God's seeking for your worship. Did you ever consider that God's looking for you? And if he's looking for you, I guess you're not there. <laughs> At least to the level you could be. Amen? If he's looking for me, maybe I'm not at that place where he wants me to be. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this message this morning. We thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, for he is our teacher and our guide. And I thank you, Lord, that you have surrounded me with a bunch of hungry folks. Therefore, I say they shall be fed. In Jesus' name, amen. So the definition of a true worshiper, if you were wondering what that is, it it's just simply those who have received God's free gift of salvation through exclusively Jesus Christ, his son. Amen. Every born again, heaven bound Christian is a true worshiper. Now, whether we fulfill that or not is up to you and I. But I, I, don't have to, I don't have to look out here and wonder about you. I know that you are fulfilling your responsibility as a worshiper. Because we know that worship does what? It puts us in the presence of God. Now, we're, real quick, one, two, three, we're going to look at three components of true worship. This isn't our message this morning, but I, being a teacher, I've got to lay down a foundation. Uh, Hebrews... 13 15 there are three components or three parameters of true worship by a true worshiper and the first component is that the Lord our God the Father God is our audience in worship he's our audience he's the one we're, we're singing and worshiping Look what it says here in Hebrews 13, 15. It says that by him, how many of you, knew, how many of you know that we have to do all things through Christ? Come on. Yeah. Amen. And so being a true worshiper, you're going to do it through who Christ made you to be. Amen. Yes. He says, by him, therefore, let us. Who? Us. us. So this is something we do. Amen. What do us do? We <laughs> we, we offer the sacrifice of praise. We offer the sacrifice of praise to whom? To God. Now understand that praise and worship and, and fulfilling our responsibility as a worshiper, praise and worship is a prayer. Is a form of prayer. And all prayer is to the Father in Jesus' name. So we're to be worshiping the Father because of Jesus and through Jesus. Amen? Now look at it. How, how do I worship? It's the fruit of your lips. Notice it doesn't say the fruit of your music. Fruit of what? 
You see, we're living in a realm, God's spiritual kingdom, that many things are brought uh, to bear or brought into creation or, or are manifested through connecting our heart with our mouth. And that's what worship is. That's what praise is, is connecting what we believe with our heart with the words that we speak. And that's why we're very careful about the music we sing. Because you have to worship how? In spirit and in truth or according to the word of God. God's not going to listen to something that's not true. Amen. So we allow the fruit of our lips to give thanks to his name. Hallelujah. Again, our focus is towards God. Number two, praise and worship is from our heart. And that's what joy is endeavoring to do, is to get us more in our heart and less in our head. More in our heart, less in our head. Where we can do songs that are glorifying God to the point where we know the songs, we, we believe the songs, and now we can sing it from our heart and not just reading the prompter. Amen. Amen. The best worship song for you is the one you know. So don't let this, this, this repetition of a song maybe three or four weeks in a row, don't, don't let your mind get in there and be irritated about that. Know there's a divine purpose. Divine purpose to help us as worshipers. Amen? So we praise and we worship from our heart look at ephesians 5 19 ephesians chapter 5 verse 19 talking about worship from our heart just like faith is from our heart love is from our heart worship is from our heart he says speak to one another in psalms hymns and spiritual songs sing and make music in your heart everybody say in your heart say from my heart to who to the Lord we need to begin mixing what we're singing to the Lord as our belief like this morning, we're, we're singing that, that nothing can separate us from his love. In a song that we're singing, find a phrase, find something in that song that you can get excited about. I'm excited. Well, that's faith. And when you get to that line in that song, belt it out from your heart, declaring what you believe. And when you say what you believe, guess what happens? You're now creating it. You're now creating it. Amen? See, music is not just a segment we put into a church service. It's helping us to fulfill our ministry to the Lord as worshipers. Hallelujah. And there's also so many benefits from it because God created it for that purpose. To benefit us. Hallelujah. Number three, praise and worship is to be a sacrifice. Now, don't answer this question out loud. But how many times have we got into a service and the music starts and we begin singing and you're just not feeling it? Emotionally speaking. Emotionally speaking. I, you know, whatever, hurry. Let's get this done. Hooray! Well, there's always going to come times like that. Because 
there, we do have an emotional component to our being. Some more than others. <laughs> Some more than others. And we have to learn how to break through those emotions and therefore it becomes a sacrifice. Now understand this, that the value of what you give someone else determines its importance. How important something is to you and you giving it to someone else has now determined its value. If I'm just going through the ropes during worship, and I'm, you know, I'm just, you know, I just got to get through this segment now. Just, you know, can't wait to get to the, to the other part, to this part. Then that worship has no value to you. And so what you're singing has little to no value. But if I'm giving him this sacrifice of praise where it's taking a concerted decision and effort on my part to give it to him then that increases his value yes. does, does that make sense yes. it says here in hebrews thirteen fifteen, it says that by him reading this again from the, the first time we went around, let us offer the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of praise. See, in the Old Testament, they sacrificed animals to the Lord. And its value was determined on how much it cost to use that animal for that purpose. And so if you give him one of your leftovers, well, that one's maimed anyway. I'll sacrifice him to the Lord. Then his value is now diminished, and so is your sacrifice. But if you and I will put ourselves on the altar of God in our worship, now you're giving him yourself. And you're the only one that can do that. Hallelujah. We said that last week. Understand that that word sacrifice means the act of giving or offering ourself to God. Amen. That's the difference between Jesus being your Savior and Jesus being your Lord. You see the difference? When Jesus is my Savior, I'm the recipient. When he's my Lord, I'm giving my life to him. See the difference? And when we can begin and find places in our time of worship, collectively and at home, where, you know, when you're worshiping him outside the church structure, find places where you can give your heart to him. Praise shouldn't be just what he's done for us. Hallelujah. Now, so just mark your watches. The, the service is now starting. Um, I, just, just so you know, I'm not, I'm not, I won't be going over my time. Uh, I just had to get that teaching part out of the way so I can relax and, and say what he wants me to say. You, you ready for that? So just mark, just mark your clock. We just started at 20 after. That means we can go to 20 after 12. What, this, is, this is why we're talking about this. This is why the Lord is having us talk about this. Because there is an effect of what happens in the realm of the Spirit when we connect with Him through worship. It has fruit. It produces something. It creates something. And this is what God wants for us in this house. 
I want you to go to Psalm 22. Psalm 22, verse 3. Say yeehaw. yeehaw. I'm getting something this morning. I'm getting a do list this morning. And I ain't talking about Mountain Dew. Psalm 22, 3. I'm not sure what version this is. Looks like it might be from the King James. It says, but thou art holy. This is talking to God. Now notice this spiritual principle. O thou, O, o God, who inhabitants inhabits or takes up a habitation or he creates a throne upon the praises of Israel. Now notice this spiritual truth that when we offer that sacrifice of praise to God, he will inhabit it or he'll take up a habitation in it. And that is one thing that a worshiper produces. It creates the manifest presence of God in our midst. Now, if you've never experienced the manifest presence of God, that may be a reason why you haven't contended for it. The manifest presence of God, the glory of God, is the atmosphere of heaven on the earth. And all the attributes of heaven can be made available in that presence. It is awesome. Now, I know that we've all have experienced it to some level, but we can increase the level when we increase our sacrifice in worship. Now get this. God inhabits the praises of Birthed Family Church. We won't go into a lot of details, but you understand that we're building a spiritual house here. Yeah. We're all building stones, building blocks of a spiritual house. And, and the, the deeper the foundation of that house is, the more of God can, can become a part of. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Now, when God's manifest presence shows up, Heavenly things happen. Now, you all know this principle. Let me just remind us. The believer always steps towards God first. God has to always be the responder in our life. He doesn't arbitrarily use his sovereignty to do whatever he wants in any person's life. He can't. Because he created this environment of earth and he has to obey what he created. And he can't violate it. And so he needs an act of our will towards him for him to move towards us. Get this. In terms of worship the believer pursues God first, then God manifests himself. Amen. It isn't God manifests first and then we worship him. No, we pursue him first, giving him place, giving him uh, permission. And I know religious people don't like that, that term of us permitting God to do something. But it's absolutely biblical. Amen. 
right? Call upon the name of the Lord and then you're saved. You just gave him permission to save you, in essence. Does that make sense? Because God will never violate our will. Because that just completely destroys what he established for us on this earth. Now look at this. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 5. And there are so many examples of the glory of God manifesting on earth in the Old Testament. Israel knew how to sacrifice to the Lord. And he, re he always responds to your sacrifice. Look here in 2 Chronicles and begin to look at how this happened. See, some people read accounts of what God did on the earth and they're going, oh, wow, that was, look at, that was awesome how he did that. <sighs> Wish he'd do it around here sometime. But no, there's always a cause. Look at this. If we can determine how they did it, then we can repeat it. Come on. So it came even to pass, you with me? 2 Chronicles 5.13. 5.13. It says that it, yeah, you're, on, you're in verse 14. Could you back it up just one verse, please? Thanks, Vince. It came even to pass as trumpeters and singers were as, were as, were as, well, what's that denote? Well, number one, they're in unity. They're in love with one another. They're in forgiveness with one another. They're not in a place where I'm going to sit over here because so-and-so's sitting over there. See, they had their heart right towards one another. There, there was no separation. There was nothing dividing them. And then they made one sound. So, now, they, this isn't musically, but spiritually, their hearts made a harmony. Made a harmony. Remember, don't, don't consider worship being music or simply singing. No, worship is the expression of our heart through words or singing. Hallelujah. That's what worship is. Music helps us to do that. It also helps us to have continuity and to have us have agreement. And they made one sound to be heard. So that tells us that worship is not from our minds. If you're singing the songs during worship in your mind and not actually framing those words with your mouth and then believing what you're saying, then you're, miss you're missing the highest of what God has for you. Notice it says that this one sound was heard. in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice, that means that then they really, they really got into it. Notice it says, they lifted up. Now, I was told this years ago, I don't know if it really needs to be said, but we'll say it anyway. I heard this minister say this. He says, if, if, if you're, just having, you're just having a hard time hooking up during worship, he says, find somebody in the congregation that you can hook up with. Come on. Come on. That's good. And when they lift their hands, I'm going to lift my hands. Amen. And when they start going like this, I'm going to start going Amen. like this. And when they lift up their voice, I'm going to lift up my voice. Right? And at first, it'll be completely carnal what you're doing. But what it'll do is it'll awaken your body to stop being an observer. 
and to be a participant. Yes, come on. And before you know it, you're not looking at that guy anymore. You're looking to him. Amen, yes. Right? And so sometimes you can follow somebody or follow the leader up here. You know, she needs to be demonstrative. She, she needs to be outwardly expressing worship to help you to do the same. Right? Just, that was just a word from our sponsor. Um, and they praise the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And then, everybody say then. Do you know there's a lot of thens in the word of God? What's then mean? Action, reaction. What you do, what God responds to. Amen. That's, that's, that was really good preaching right there. Then it says, then, or after the church did what they're supposed to do, then God did what he was supposed to do. He filled, everybody say filled. filled. Notice it doesn't say a little dabble, do you? No, it says he filled with a cloud even the house of the Lord. Now, this cloud is the manifest presence of the Lord. Why did it manifest? Because they were pursuing God. Now, what happens when the glory manifests? Well, look at the next verse. Now we can go to verse 14, Vince. Thank you. So, so that the priests, and that's who you are, remember, Peter? Peter told you that you're a priest unto God, sanctified by God, you're a priest. Who is a priest? One who can tend to the presence of God at his throne to make sacrifices. In the Old Testament, priests did it for the people, but now we're all priests, and now we can all go into his presence and offer the sacrifice of praise. So it says that the priests could not stand. What's that mean? Uh, they, well, if, if you were standing and you're no longer standing, you just fell down. <laughs> Hello. Right? Now, you understand that that's not really our purpose. It's when you're on the ground is when things start to happen, which is really good. They could not stand to minister. How come? By reason of the cloud or because of the manifest presence. For, in explanation of that, for the glory of God. Everybody say the glory of God. God. Had filled the house of God. Now, when the glory manifests, now we've had it in, in different levels here recently. But the Lord wants it to get to a place where it becomes undeniable. Undeniable. The Lord's here. Some will will smell the fragrance of heaven. Some will see like a mist in in, in our midst. And that's that glory cloud. And what that's saying is now... God's presence is so manifest that it can't be denied. Now understand that many times when God's presence manifests, it will initiate on God's God's side of the ledger miracles. That he'll begin moving in individuals' lives And no one's praying over you. No one's believing for this. No one's believing for that. But God just comes and does his will in your life. And I like that. 
I mean, it, you and I, we know how to initiate God's blessings. We, we, we've learned how to live by faith. But there's also times where when we create that habitation for him to dwell and his glory manifest, he's going to start doing things that nobody's going to ask him to do. He's going to initiate it. He's going to do something in our life. Now, I, I just wanted to make a couple of examples of this so you can kind of get an idea of what I'm talking about. We're in a service here at Birthed Family Church. And it was just one of those services where the people just came and, and they just wanted to be with God. And they worship with all their heart. And, and there was a portion in that service where you could sense a presence come in. It wasn't there when we got there. But some point in the service, God inhabited our praises to such a degree that you could sense it coming into the room. And there was a young man in that service that had an encounter with God. And God spoke to his heart, not through a person, but just face to face. And revealed to this young man what the plan of God was for his life. And he saw that there was a call on his life. He saw that God had separated him for such and such a thing. And that was in complete contrast of what he was pursuing in his life at that time. And in that encounter, in that glory, he was changed. It was almost like a Damascus Road experience where where Saul of Tarsus was on his donkey doing what he thought he should do. And then he had an encounter with God in which God initiated, knock him off his donkey onto his donkey. Come on. And God showed him what he was to do. And then in that glory, he chose God's plan. Amen. Well, that's what this young man did. And he's still serving the Lord today. Amen. Amen. One encounter with God can change a person's life for eternity and can do something that we can't do. Amen, and that's what we need. Another time, we had a woman in our congregation, as we still do today. And uh, she had come from her doctor and she was experiencing a lot of pain in, in her, uh, right around in here. I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I'm going here. And uh, he made the diagnosis that she had a cyst on her ovaries, about the size of a golf ball, just on one side of her ovaries. And she was at the doctor, and they were planning for the doctor to do a procedure to uh, tie off her, her tubes because apparently the husband wasn't man enough to do it himself. <laughs> and so he said to her, don't worry about the cyst. When I go in for the surgery, I don't know if it was in a week or two weeks, don't worry about it. When I go in there, I'll remove that cyst while I'm in there. I'm under the hood anyway. I'll just take care of it. So the following Sunday, we're in church minding our own business. And it got to the place where in the segment where we were worshiping God, this is why I was emphasizing this this morning, Joy, worship is, is so conducive to allowing the glory to manifest in our midst. And we got into the service, and this, this, this woman was not really in the service. She was serving in the sound booth. 
and she was working the soundboard. Well, it got at that time where we were all worshiping the Lord. And there was a moment when we were in that, you kind of make a crescendo under the Lord in worship, and she, she at this, in the sound booth, she just raised her, raised her hands to the Lord in worship. Didn't ask him anything. Just was offering her heart to the Lord. And all of a sudden she felt heat come down her hands, come down into her body, and rest in that area where that cyst was. She went back to the doctor for that appointment to have the, the, the tubes tied. He opened her up and says, I don't know what happened. That, that, that cyst now is about the size of my little tip of my little pinky. Used to be a golf ball. Now it's this big. He says, I'm not going to touch it. What happened? God initiated a healing in her body Amen. when the glory manifested yes, and came upon a worshiper. Amen. A worshiper. Amen. A worshiper. Amen. Amen. Now remember, that congregation created a miracle working opportunity for God to work. What if we just weren't feeling it that day? What if the congregation wasn't... Because that one person didn't initiate that whole thing. It was the congregation that created that presence to manifest. And when that person we began sacrificing their heart to the Lord, he initiated that power to go into her body. Last one. Understand that worship No. We're going to we're going to do it different. We're going to do it different. Many times in our life and we're looking for results in our personal life. Many times we're grabbing at the wrong things. Amen. It's interesting, and I know this is true in my life, that many times when you're needing something that all you want to do is keep praying and keep praying and keep praying and keep believing and keep doing this, keep doing that, citing this scripture, citing that scripture. Maybe if we would just pause for a second. And just trust God. Amen. So good. Yes. Yes. Come on. And just forget about what's going on in our life and just begin to worship. I'm talking about it in our own house. Yes, come on. Amen. I'm not talking about waiting until Sunday. What would what what, what do you think might or could happen? If we just put it down, you know, I don't need to be talking to the Lord about this need I'm believing him for. I, 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 yeah, I've already done that, you know, 20 times. What if I just forget all that and just consider who he is? Amen. Come on. Just consider yes, that he's my God. Amen. Just to consider that he sent his son for me. And I have an everlasting relationship with him and begin to worship. Begin to worship. And then just let him do what he do. <laughs> what do he do? He does those things that are good. He does those things that are merciful. He does those things that we don't deserve. Amen. So we're going to close this morning with a little worship and just kind of practice what we preach. Now, if you want to stand up, stand up. If you want to get on your face, get on your face.
If you want to go on your knees, get on your knees, but just do what is pleasing to him. Amen. 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 Now remember, this is going to be a sacrifice. So don't think about what you need. Think about what he's seeking from you.
for each of you, you've been created for a divine purpose. The plan I've always had for you was to walk and to talk with me. Yes, I'm your God. Yes, you are my children. But I always want you close to me so I can commune with you and so I can directly bless you. As you pursue being the worshiper that I've made you to be, you'll see a very subtle change in your life. Because now you're not so self-oriented, but you're now in Christ-oriented. And my voice will become more recognizable to you, my leadings, and your faith will become more effectual. And yes, you will encounter more visitations from me. And it won't be because I've changed, because I'm the Lord, and I've changed not. But it was because of your change, your desire, your willingness to be in my midst that has caused you to be a recipient of all that I've purchased for you. Thank you, Lord. So wake up every day. <laughs> say, I'm a worshiper. Yes. I was born again to be in the manifest presence of God. And I will have him today. I will commune with him today. I will follow him today. I will follow him today. <laughs> Then I shall be blessed. Yeah. <laughs> Glory. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, grab somebody's hand as you're going.